But anyways, it's, it's funny you mentioned Amy Schumer, uh, and it, because well, first of all, welcome, welcome to our latest episode of our podcast, Comedy History One Hundred and One. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, you I'm Harmon Leon, and with me today is I'm Scott Colonico coming at you from Edinburgh, Scotland, on the other side mm. of the Atlantic. Edinburgh. There we go. And it's so funny that you mentioned up front uh, Amy Schumer because it ties into uh, the topic of today's podcast, which is comedy joke thieves. Comedy joke thieves. Yeah, she's pretty. Um, if you do a little Google search for Amy Schumer, joke thieves kind of pops up there at the top of the list. <laughs> Mm, it does, and there's actually a bunch of supercut videos where they go head to head with several bits of hers, um, comparing it to the original source, to uh, uh, how she, her rendition of that. Right. And I think we'll we'll dive into that uh, a bit further later on. I have a few theories on that, but you know, as long as people have been telling jokes, there's been people stealing them. Right. Okay. All right. <laughs> like you buy that that premise? Uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not arguing with that. I'm like, I'm, I'm b- behind it. Okay. Yes. And. Yeah. 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 Well, it's just like a, a joke, like a comedian on stage. You can't copyright a joke unless it's like you know uh, something that's on like a T-shirt or something like that. But you know, as far as just like um, you know, a person, a microphone. A live scenario, you can't co- really copyright that. So, you know, thus in you know the world of comedy, and we've all seen it. Uh, there's always been joke thieves, whether they're just like you know hacky comedians on the road, you know, doing you know one night circuit in like uh, you know Indiana or something like that. To you know more famous people. Yeah. Okay. So was this? Does this? Does this happen in the old timey days? <laughs> As a matter of fact, uh, stealing material uh, is nothing new. Uh, even Stan Laurel of Laurel and Hardy once said, all comedians steal from comedians. So if you look back, like like on the old tiny days of vaudeville and like, um, uh, what was it called, the Catskill circuit, like all those comedians were just doing each other's material. Right. Okay. So the, and there would be, but there would be, but that was a kind of the thing, though, right? There would be the, the jokes that everybody would do. Exactly. Exactly. So I actually read the book uh, "Leave Them Laughing," the Tommy Cooper biography uh, of British comedian Tommy Cooper, and even back in like the British music hall days, everyone was just doing everyone else's jokes, and there was like some story in that where like a comedian would be watching another comedian, you know, back in those sort of vaudevillian days and go, Oh my God, that joke's so great. I can't wait to use it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. All right. But probably the most, one of the most famous old tiny, uh, joke thieves was, uh, the legendary Milton Burl. Right. Okay. Uncle Milty. Uh, Uncle Milty. He was known as the thief of bad gag. (laughs) <laughs> Which I guess is a play of the thief of Baghdad. Bagdad, yes, okay. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, which I think that was a movie or something in yes. old timey days. Old timey, yeah. So he was just known for stealing jokes his whole entire career. That was like kind of Uncle Milty's thing. It was like he's the guy that steals the jokes. Right. I feel great. I really feel wonderful. I just got back from a pleasure trip. I took my mother-in-law to the airport. Yeah. So like even one of his jokes was noted to be um, went all the way back to the fourth century. Okay. What was the joke? Do you know? It's I read it on a post. Uh, and it, it was really long, and it just had to do with some man's like wife. Okay. Bob Hope once remarked that uh, Milton Berle never heard a joke he didn't steal. Okay. All right. Jack Benny defended his practice of using Milton Berle's material by saying, "When you take a joke away from Milton Berle, it's not stealing; it's repossessing." Okay. All right. <laughs> and Milton Berle once joked to Larry King. I don't steal people's jokes. I just find them before they're lost. Oh, dear. Okay. All right. So, well, Uncle Milty was... Uh, and, and, and another thing about Milton Berle, a uh, little trivia. Uh, do you know the, the trivia fact I'm about to state? It has a big penis. Biggest schlong in Hollywood. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I wonder if we could look that up. Could we? Maybe we should do a podcast about that. The big schlongs of comedy <laughs> <Yes>. history? <laughs> Or just Milton Berle's schlong. That's a good. That's a good album title. That's a band. Yeah, it's a band. <laughs> I know. Oh, but remember, if you remember, you can drop in another sound clip here. Uh, the band, the metal band Rat. Yeah, that was Milton Berle's nephew. That was his nephew. Yeah, because Milton Berle's in the video. Yes. Yeah, I forgot who said that. It was maybe someone from Rat, and they're like, "Why is Milton Berle in this?" Yeah, it was like from exactly. like the very earliest days of right, uh, yeah. MTV. Right. Yeah, it's from like '83 or something. But okay. um, here is something that uh, astonished me that I only recently found out. I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast, and he was interviewing fellow San Francisco comedian Al Madrigal. And Al Madrigal uh, said that the Abbott and Costello's Who's on First Bit was actually a bit like a lot of people were doing. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you who is on first. I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first. Who? The first base. Who is on first? Have you got a first baseman on first? Certainly. Then who's playing first? Absolutely. Um, so that was actually a bit uh, a lot of comedians were doing on the uh, vaudeville circuit and when Abbott and Costello first did the bit on radio which I think was in maybe 1948-ish um, all these other like comedy teams from vaudeville were really pissed off because it meant they couldn't do the bit anymore right yeah I mean there was a, kind of like a lot of those we, we watched that one with the uh, the guy with the drawn on glasses what was that one Oh, that's a different comedy team than right. than the one. But right. uh, um, it but um, like wordplay bits like "Who's on First originated in um, uh, the black minstrel shows in early uh, vaudeville and burlesque. Yeah, one of the early burlesque routines uh, that was kind of like wordplay that was kind of uncanny. Like uh, "Who's on First is called the Baker scene. Uh, which is sort of recreated in a 1946 uh, radio show called It Pays to Be Ignorant. And they called the routine, Who's the Boss? Please, let's get this. Look, what's the man's name you're working for? Who? The boss, the man you're working for. What's his name? I told you. 
You did not. You asked me his name. Why should I ask you his name? I know his name. Well, what is it? Who? The boss. Who is the boss? That's right. What's right? No. What? No, no. What is the shipping clerk? Who is the shipping clerk? No. Who is the boss? Ah, wait a minute. That's what we're trying to find out. Well, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Mr. Shelton, tell me. You have a boss, haven't you? Certainly I have a boss. Well, when you go to work in the morning, do you call your boss something? Oh, sure. But I don't let him hear me. No, no. <laughs> No, I mean, don't you say good morning, Mr. So-and-so? Why should I? Mr. So-and-so is the janitor. Who is the janitor? No! Who is the boy? Okay, so the baker scene, but um, what was it? It was um, Cracked Nuts. That was the one we were watching, right, with the uh, drawn-on-glasses guy? No, that's a different comedy really? team. Than, uh, so the, the Cracked Nuts is this, um, again, this comedy team called Wheeler and Wosley. And it was a movie called... Uh, and. Also, this is kind of weird. It was a 1931 movie called Crack Nuts. And uh, just for the record, the clip we're going to drop in cost me $37 because I actually couldn't find it on YouTube anywhere. And I had to send away for the DVD to get it. But um, so it's like kind of like a fictional. Was, the movie's kind of like duck soup mm-hmm. in a way, kind of like a fictional kingdom. And it's a bit called Which is What? So it's like uh, this town is next to the town of what? He's like, what? Exactly. What? You leave Azazaz and proceed in a northerly direction to the town of what? What? That's right. What's right? What's right? That's what I said. What's right? Well, I agreed with you, didn't I? On what? Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <clears throat> Listen, remember my nasty temper. What town is it? That's what? That's all I wanted to know. What town is next to what? Which? Next to what? Which? Which is next to what? Yes. I'm sorry I asked you. Go ahead. Well, now that that's all cleared up. Who, and what which? is next to which? Which huh? is next to what? Precisely. That's what I'm asking you. That's what I'm asking you. <laughs> And General Diddy just died. Diddy? Precisely. So it's kind of like that, just a lot of that maddening sort of uh, wordplay. And then again, so you think, okay, Abbott and Costello were either a product of their time and just, uh, you know, like everyone else, kind of everyone was doing everyone else's bits, or... Abbott and Costello were a bunch of hacks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so what's your take on it? Well, I think they're a product of their time. Everyone was doing everyone else's bits because it was like vaudeville and burlesque, and that was sort of, uh, you know, the norm. You know, th- obviously, who's on first is, you know, it's a, one of the classic comedy routines. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's, it's different then because also you don't have that easy access to recorded material. You know, it was all everything was all mm-hmm. verbal. So if somebody yeah. did somebody else's bit, you wouldn't you would have no proof. You were just okay, yeah, or or it, yeah, they would all have this like, you know, this repetition of bits that you know audiences knew. You know, audience would go yeah. in there and they go, oh, "I've heard this bit. You know, it's funny. These guys are funnier than the other guys who do the bit." Um, yeah, I mean, it's like the whole kind of wordplay thing has been. I, I was just watching a clip from uh, Police Squad with uh, mm-hmm. Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, a lot yeah, of that. Yeah. There's a lot of that in you know, like Naked Gun and uh, you know, an airplane. There's a lot of that. Captain Over Under Who. You know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, I am 
serious and uh don't call me Shirley. don't call me Shirley. that kind of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah you know i think it's just like a product of their time but um again um going back to that radio show it pays to be ignorant um there is an uncanny abbott and costello bit that's exactly like a bit on theirs again same kind of wordplay like um i think abbott comes in and he just got a job uh in a bakery as a loafer or something like that and he's like uh what's your job i'm a loafer we know you're a loafer (laughs) what's your job (laughs) you know that kind of like that's awesome (laughs) yeah yeah again it's you know the same routine that's what i'm telling you he's a shortstop then again if you go to modern age you got like shows like little britain where essentially the series just ends up them just rehashing the same bits over and over again yeah over and over again that's why the same catchphrases the same whatever so so you know i i think the the stealing jokes in vaudeville time was you know of course there's no twitter or what's there whoa Uh (laughs) no there was in in vaudeville times yeah no there was no twitter but it was like you know people could like like react like reacted reacting to videos like the Fine Brothers, teens react to mm. <laughs> teens react to Abbott and Costello. No, there you go. <laughs> Te- teens act react to uh, Wheeler and Wosley. <laughs> yes, oh my god, dude! The guy. No, no, that's we'll do another podcast on lost uh, comedy uh, duos. Okay, yeah. Because that was I forgot the name of that duo, but that was a guy. Yeah, he had drawn on glasses, but yeah. it wasn't Wheeler and Wosley. Okay. Oh, that's that wasn't that. Well, as long as, long as we do uh, Shields and Yarnell, I'm happy. It's kind of like those forgotten comedy duos. The reason they're forgotten, they kind of suck. Yeah, I know. I mean, they're pretty good. We would they we would remember that. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, you know, like I was hoping for Wheeler and Woosley. I want to be like, oh my god, did I rediscover something uh-huh. that's like so wonderful? Yeah. And then then it's just like really slow and you know, what? That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like if you go on the internet here and you put joke thief in, you know names that seem to pop up are people like Amy Schumer or Dennis Leary, Carlos Mencia. Uh, yeah. Carlos Mencia, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah would you say would you say he's the most notorious uh, joke thief of our current time? I don't think so. I mean, I think people know. I mean, about him. I mean, he worked. At, I had friends who worked at the club where he would he would play. I mean, that. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the 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 um, the Robin Williams story. Mm-hmm. You know about him, which is what, which is which is basically people would like if they saw him come into a club, they would try to stop doing their material because they knew that he would probably, uh, I don't know if steal would be the right word, maybe appropriate, you know, some of the material steal, appropriate, and then also you know again it's like if you listen to like the interviews uh, with him like on WTF, it was like, uh, you know, he's like absorbing things, so it's like hard to say, you know. You're absorbing things, and then it's like you forget where you picked it up from, and then you're you're saying it on stage. Right, I guess that yeah. would just be stealing. Yeah, stealing, <laughs> stealing, but you don't really. I mean, that's kind of what when people jump to um, Robin Williams' defense, they're just like, yeah, he's just because he's so rapid fire. You know, he's just throwing things off the top of his head. He might see something that somebody else had done, and then he'll throw it out there just because you know. 
I guess, you know, to put this in modern context, um, Conan O'Brien just last month, uh, a lawsuit was uh, filed against him by a San Diego comedian named Robert, in parentheses, Alex Kastberg, okay. who is claiming that uh, five jokes that uh, Conan O'Brien used that he used on his uh, comedy blog. Really? Okay. Yeah, so this is just last month. And, and again, this ties into like the bigger thesis of, of, of you know, some people that are, A, claiming that their jokes are being stolen, or some people, A, claiming, you know, are being accused of joke thieves. I looked at the jokes, you know, that were being accused of uh, being stolen by Conan O'Brien, like used in his monologues. And I think it's like a thing with like really topical jokes that are just like in the news it's like a lot of people are going to come to the same sort of conclusions on those type of mm-hmm. jokes because they're kind of generic so like here's one of the jokes conan o'brien is accused of stealing from the san diego comedian named robert in parentheses Kasberg. um a delta flight from cleveland to new york took off with only two passengers they wrestled for controls of the armrests the entire flight okay I mean, that's an airplane joke. So what's the... Um, the funny bit? Yeah, what's the funny <laughs> bit of this joke? <laughs> well, that that's not... I mean, that's a that's a topic for another podcast. Go, what's right. the funny bit of this joke? Right. Or a podcast in itself. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I know. That's a, that'd be like one of those sub-podcasts. But for this podcast, like, what now? But seriously, what what's the... <laughs> the is the funny part that the two... There's only two passengers on right. a flight, and they're wrestling for arm uh, rest. Okay, flight. but so do the flight, but do the airline, I mean, is there like an, a Delta joke in here? So, is there like a thing where, where Delta people fight a lot, or? No, it's just, uh, you're on a, okay, if you want me to just break this joke down. Right, yeah, let's do it, a little um, bit, yeah. When you're on a flight. Right. Doesn't matter what the airline is. Right, okay. You often find yourself fighting for the armrest. Uh-huh. Uh, this flight only had two passengers, and they're at it again. Huh. Ah. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. We'll so see. Well, it's not that funny. But it's but it's weird because I mean, so like, but why why even bother mentioning the so are the, what's the flight that the guy got dragged off? Was that Delta? United. Okay. So why even bother? I don't understand why they bothered to mention the name of the airline in the joke. Here's the other joke right. that uh, was claimed that Conan O'Brien. Stole from right. Robert, in parentheses, Alex Casper. Um, okay, it turned out the Washington Monument is 10 inches shorter than previously thought. You know, it, it has been a cold winter when even a monument has shrinkage. Yeah, okay. Again, it's not saying it's, that's a particularly good joke. It's kind of like, it's pretty generic. Yeah. Which goes into, you know, a larger, broader uh, discussion is um, with a lot of these, uh, comedians like on, on our list of uh, who are being accused of joke thieves. The problem with the jokes that they're using that are being accused of are they're pretty kind of generic, topical topics where a lot of people are going to be thinking of that, that sort of thing and coming to the same sort of conclusions mm-hmm. uh, in the same joke. 
Yeah, I mean, even in watching those Amy Schumer, like, joke-stealing, you know, montages or compilations or whatever, mm-hmm. even when you're watching those, you're like, uh, you know, it's like, you guys are reaching yeah. a little bit on that, you know? Moving on to, uh, we're going back to Carl Smencia, there's that video of him in 2007 at the Comedy Store, and Joe Rogan confronts him on stage. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, we watched that, yeah. They don't even know what the fuck I do. They don't know shit. You just talk shit. It's easy to say you steal shit. I could say you steal shit. But I don't, because I'm not a little bitch. Yeah, so it's over a joke by... um, uh, Ari Shafir. Here's this new thing. I don't know if you guys heard this. He wants to build a new wall all down the California-Mexico border. Like a 12-foot-high brick wall. It's like three feet deep. So no Mexicans get in. But I'm like, dude, Arnold, um, who do you think is going to build that wall? Um, I propose that we kick all the illegal aliens out of this country. Then we build a super fence so they can't get back in. And I went... Um, Who's going to build it? So anyway, so that was the big thing of that 2007 Joe Rogan video. But I remember when that came out and there was like controversy on like a comedian uh, board. And I actually heard Bill Maher do the exact same joke. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's not like, oh, Bill Maher is in the part of the, uh, you know, the Illuminati conspiracy as well. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's an obvious joke. They're building uh, a wall on the Mexican border. They're keeping out Mexicans, but who are you going to get to build the wall? You know, essentially, if you broke it down to the right. parts of that show. Yeah. And so a lot of people are going to come to that conclusion, you know, at the same time. Yeah. Car- Carlos Menstilia. That's still my favorite part. My, still my favorite part of that video. <laughs> but, yeah, and again, if you listen at WTF, uh, yeah, there's just, like, a lot of un- – inexcusable things that Mencia did like he stole from this comedian uh, Freddie DeSoto who was like one of his opening acts it would take him on the road uh-huh. and then the guy died like and then like a month later I think Mencia was at like the improv maybe and he just started doing Freddie DeSoto's jokes oh my god and it was like at the height of like mind the Mencia and uh-huh. some comic was like backstage going, you know, cut his mic, cut his mic. He's doing Freddie, his dead friends jokes or his dead opening acts jokes. Oh my God. And like the, whoever the manager was like, you know, it's like a packed crowd. He has the hit TV show. You know, what can we do? Oh man. So, so yeah. So mind them and see it, dude. That's, um, uh, it was only on for two years, dude. Three years. Four yeah, seasons, that kind of like they try to make that like when the Chappelle show, right? Uh, they quit doing that. Then suddenly, Mind the Mencia mm. popped up to kind of fill the slack. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was just on two seasons. Uh, four seasons actually. Yeah. And, and again, it's also about being if you're in a niche. If you're a niche comedian, like say your whole bit is about being a new dad and that you're like the new dad comic. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's like, you know, all your routines and materials about being a new dad. So again, there's only so many new dad jokes that can be written. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, if you're going to go down that, you know, if that's your stick, there's going to be crossovers of premises 
And therefore, if you have crossovers of premises, there's going to be similarities amongst, you know, comedians like that. Yeah. But then again, there's just blatantly stealing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that helps is the similarity. Yeah that, yeah, that doesn't help. That doesn't help anybody. Yeah. So, yeah, it could be like a – you're a niche comic, so therefore uh, in that niche comedy genre, you're going to have crossover. Or you're a niche comic, and there's going to be crossover because you're actually just stealing people's material. Yeah, then you got to do your you got to do your thing. New dad, new dad material. Again, with like a lot of the, the videos I checked out online, and it even got addressed in an episode of Louis, uh, with, there was like the big controversy – between in the comedy community, um, I think in the outside world it wasn't a big controversy uh, <laughs> about Dane Cook stealing uh, Louis C.K. some of Louis C.K.'s material. Uh, we'll we'll do uh, do tell. It, there's just like a video that kind of mashes up a few of Dane Cook's bits with Louis C.K.'s bits. I'd like to give my kid an interesting name, you know, like a name with no vowels, maybe, you know, <laughs> just like. <laughs> Just like 40 Fs, that's his name. I already have names picked out, I don't even know. First kid, boy, girl, I don't care. The first one that comes out, I'm naming it. I think it's beautiful. It's feminine but strong at the same time. Time for bed. But again, it's just like with those bits, again, they were kind of really general sort of topic type bits. Uh You know, you could easily come to similar conclusions but then again they both kind of started their comedy in boston you know around the same time yeah so is is dane cook still around he was like really big at one time yeah he played like madison square Garden or something yeah um yeah i just checked out his like tour schedule and it's all the uh laugh factory okay well all right well good for you maybe i thought he was like banned from the laugh factory for (laughs) harassing a waitress but um yeah, but then there was that episode of Louie where Dane Cook was on, and they and that was kind of the one of the themes of the episode. 2006. That should have been like my triumph. And I enjoyed it, Louie, for maybe two months. Two months before it started to suck. Because everything I read about me was about how I stole jokes from you, which I didn't. I kind of think you did. Dude, why would I steal three jokes from you when I have hours of material? Why? Why would I do that? Risk my reputation? Because they were funny jokes. Yeah, so, you know, unlike, uh, you know, having a patent, the creators can't get ownership of ideas or facts or events on which jokes are based, only in the matter in which they are expressed. Okay, so, like, who would be the, um, like, the can, so would there be somebody that can copyright a joke? So you were saying that. A few years back, we had a show called Jokioki, and we actually went down that avenue of of seeing, you know, who owns copyrights to stand-up things. So you can own a copyright uh, to a material if it's like on, like if it's like an HBO special. So HBO owns that special, or you know, whoever owns the copyrights to like, uh, you know, a TV special. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you can't really copyright an individual joke. So that's another thing about joke thieves like Carlos Mencia is like, okay, uh, you know, you can get someone on the road who's been, that's like their signature piece. And then Carlos Mencia or someone like him does the joke on their TV special. It's immediately theirs because 
they have the larger kind of uh, arena in which to perform it, which is TV. Right, okay, all right. There's nothing for the other comedian to do because it's just that material has just been killed because the guy who stole it did it on, like, a TV special. Oh, so there's another there's another thing about uh, joke thievery. Um, so, uh, again, Dane Cook once accused Steve Burns of stealing his essence. Okay, yeah, talk about that. What does that mean? Kind of like a stage persona. Okay. But he called it stealing his essence. <laughs> He's so, it's like stealing his soul. Like if you took a picture. It's not. It's no Jay Moore stealing from Rick Shapiro. You oh, no, talk what about is that? it? No, what is this? So tell me about this. What? <laughs> about Jay Moore stealing from our friend Rick Shapiro. Oh, didn't you just see a video on Jay Moore stealing no, from I Rick did, Shapiro? No, <laughs> we have to tell this to the people, dude. It's not just you and me having a conversation. Oh, I thought that's what I was playing it off to you to oh. fill us in. Okay. No, I watched it. I didn't really get it. I think you need to explain it because I, I kind of got it, but not really. Sure. So when Jay Moore uh, was hired to be on Saturday Night Live, uh, and there's a funny story about Louis C.K. when Jay Moore started coming up in the New York clubs, mm-hmm. and like some comic was walking with Louis C.K., and he saw Jay Moore on stage for like the first time, and Louis like afterwards was just like swearing and just like it was like Jay Moore was like a jockey kid from Jersey. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, kind of like a good-looking jockey kid mm-hmm. and like Louis C.K. was like, this isn't for them. Yeah. He doesn't need this. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Jay Moore just like got on Saturday Night Live, you know, right away. And it, uh, you can actually find his like audition tape on YouTube. And it was right. like, I, I don't know, it's, I think he was just doing like a lot of impressions and well, shit. Well, um, Christopher Walken. Did. Christopher Walken. Yeah. yeah, I think he did like a Christopher Walken's maybe, and mm-hmm. I think he was on maybe two years on uh, SNL. Mm-hmm. And uh, as, as you know, if you hear a lot of WTF, like it's really competitive in the writing room to get like your sketches like on air. Right. And he basically saw a friend of ours, uh, Rick Shapiro. And he essentially just wrote down word for word one of Rick Shapiro's bits and then turned it into a sketch. I'd like to do a character right now that uh, I'm not supposed to say his name, but Jay Moore stole it. Wrote about it in his book that he stole it. Told, said I was getting paid. I didn't get paid a dime. So he lied again after he confessed. And all these comics go, Jay, Jay confessed, man. Jay, I said, are you a man? I ate comics the day it came out. Sitting at a bar, each turned around and goes, Jay confessed. Pretty cool of him, right? Jay confessed. He didn't confess it to me. So he confessed. I go, no, he didn't. If you're shaving and you stole something from when you have that moment, says, I should call the guy I stole this from. The show aired. The sketch aired. Then one day, one of the executives of SNL asked like Jay Moore into, um, into the office, and he popped in a VHS tape of Rick Shapiro doing uh, his stand-up routine of the sketch, like, word for word in Lauren Michaels' office. Uh, he was doing this, and he asked, do you know who Rick Shapiro is? And Jay Moore said, no. Um, so you've never heard this routine before? And he said, no. And then, uh, you know, Lauren Michael went, okay, that's all we need to know. <laughs> no, what's his name from SNL? That's your uh, impression? Yeah. That's your Lauren Michaels? Yeah, okay, all right, good. I like it, dude. Yeah, so as it turns out, uh, Jay Moore 
uh, and he actually ended up writing about this in his uh, biography, uh, didn't know Rick Shapiro because he wrote down his routine word for word, and they actually ended up having to pay Rick Shapiro some money because he stole his bit, and um, that routine uh, has never re-aired. Uh, SNL. Yeah, that's what I was I was trying to, I was trying to poke around for um uh the skit, but I can't I don't seem to find it anywhere. Yeah, yeah, there's a video online and it says in the video that 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 uh sketch has never reared. Um probably because uh it was stolen and they had to pay money to Rick Shapiro and maybe part of the lawsuit was that it would never re-air again. Okay, all right, fair enough. You know, so maybe, like, uh, Rick Shapiro, you know, mm-hmm. wanted to do it. I mean, because, like, the video of Rick Shapiro doing it, um, I think that was dated, and telling the story that Jay Moore stole a bit. You know, right. I think that was, like, from 2013 mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. But then again, I, I, I watched Rick Shapiro's thing, and I didn't recognize, you know, again, I don't watch SNL that much. So, you know, maybe Rick Shapiro, you know, has repurposed his own bit. Yeah, I know. I wish I wish they had I wish they had the bit on the YouTube so you could find it, but Yeah, yeah, but you get the idea. But I think it's just like again, you know, in in what Carlos Mencia um, you know, Carlos Mencia's like earliest stand up, he was just basically when he first started out was just doing jokes from joke books, you know? Right. Yeah. Like these people that, you know, they they're good salesmen, uh, but they don't they can't manufacture the product. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you know, they're stealing the material. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, again, that's like a whole nother level. And then, you know, with Carlos Mencia, you know, you get to a certain level and you just feel you just got to keep putting out material. But in his case, I think he's pretty much a social path. <laughs> yeah, no, that's um, uh, Ned, Ned Holness. Mm-hmm. Ned. Oh, his real name. Yeah. I think, we, I yeah. think we've we've touched on this before. Yeah, well, you know, he's got his uh, his uh, his followers. He's got his little his signature bit, the doo do do That's his signature bit, by the way. You, you. Is it? Because I I didn't know what you were doing. No, that's that's uh, Carlos and Because like, if you're dumb, you're dee dee dee. That's what he says. I just think there's, you know, in comedy also, it's just like you come across occasionally this, these bad eggs that will do anything to become famous, whether it's like to steal or just have no integrity or soul. You know, uh, uh, points to Carlos Mencia is like, you know, he would just like bump comedians. Mm-hmm. Like someone's headlining a club, he would go to the club order, can I go on? And he's like, you know, mind the Mencia is number one. And they put him on before the headliner, whose name is on the marquee, and he would do two hours in front of the headliner. Yeah, yeah. And, and then kill. the headliner can't do anything. He's yeah. just like, you know. And he would just do that just to be a dick. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, dear. All right. Yeah. Because well, he would say, I see these people that accuse me, and I, I, I look at them in the back of the room, and I'm like, okay, yeah, all right. You know, kind of just like a alpha male bullshit uh-huh. sort of thing okay well that's that's fair enough yeah so again uh you know which brings us back to amy schumer i mean again there's like list of jokes that are very similar to um you know like say david tell's joke 
You ever black out when you're drinking, or as I call it, time travel? Yeah. Has anyone ever blacked out and been awake when they've come out of it? Thank you. Thank you, sister. It's kind of cool, because it's like you're a time traveler. You're just like back in your body, like... I mean, a lot of those, too, even the ones that... Because those are the ones I was watching. I think the guys should pay on the first date yeah, for sex. for sex, yeah. I mean, I don't know. A lot of those are just kind of... Yeah, it's like, was it stealing or is it just... Yeah, it goes back to that. It is just such a, a broad premise, you know? And then some of the so, ones... again... I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, yeah, it's such a broad premise. And then, like, the one she, they bring up a lot about her and Patricia O'Neill stealing the ghosting sex thing. And that's, like, kind of, I mean, it's like, I don't know, dude. You guys are talking about something that's an urban dictionary. I don't know, really, if that's how stolen yeah. that is, you know? It's sort of generic. It's like dating jokes or texting jokes. Yeah. You know? It's not really like it's a joke that's so out there where you go, oh, there's only one person would think that way mm -hmm. of that. And it's like, you know, and yeah. there's only there's really only two people who know for sure if, if a joke is stolen. Uh, it's like Amy Schumer or Jesus. Right. OK. Yeah. <laughs> and then who, who do you trust? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like if the person has integrity. Uh, you know, they're not stealing jokes. You know, if they don't, if they're like, you know, kind of like, I'm going to succeed no matter what, if it takes, if it takes stealing a dead guy's joke, I used to open up for me. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to be the one who is on top. Right. If, at Ned, the end of the day. if Ned needs to do that, Ned's going to do it. Yeah. So anyways, I listened to that Marin podcast and something that was like, so fucked up. He's like, uh, Marin asked him like, uh, the thing is, like, you really love stand-up comedy, right? He's like, and Car Mencia went, uh, I, I, I love stand-up comedy more than anything. I love it more than my wife, more than my kids. It's like, that's kind of fucked up. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's just you telling some jokes on stage. I know I'm bringing it down to the most simplistic sort of thing, but you love it more than your wife and kids? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's... Um... You know, it's it's Ned. Ned's got Ned's got to do what Ned's got to do, dude. Yeah, which brings us to modern day, and there's uh, you know, in the last decade, there's been a brand new forum for joke thieves, and that is social media. Social media. So last year, uh, the big fat Chew, uh, he had a book deal. So tell me, and, tell me, but tell me about the big fat Jew. I'm intrigued by the name. Dude, you don't research any of this shit, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, we, I, I send you a bullet point list with all the links. I got it. No, no, but you can't see. That's what I'm saying. You can't assume that everybody out there knows about who the big fat Jew is. You know? Okay. That's Tell us who the big fat Jew is in your words. <laughs> uh, he was a guy who's been stealing stuff from social media. Well, stealing from comedians and right. posting on social yeah. media. Yeah. yeah. So um, he has about uh, five points. This is last year's statistics. He has 5.7 million uh, Instagram followers, and he has numerous brand sponsorships where he gets like, you know, up to like six thousand dollars a post. You know, and it's in that whole realm of like Emperor's New Clothes of uh, if you're like you know a social media sensation mm -hmm. or like a YouTube star, and and again. 
Uh, we went and we covered like the big YouTube uh, star convention yeah. where, you know, suddenly because you have millions of followers, people equate that to talent. Mm-hmm. But you'll get things like book deals and, and, and TV show offers because you've built your social media following. And he, this is just a guy who did that. He, you know, I think like his background is marketing, you know. Mm-hmm. So essentially he would put like on his Instagram account, like I think early on he would just put comedians jokes and credit them. And then after a while he would just put the jokes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and then like you were saying, yeah, then he's got, and then he winds up getting a book deal and everything out of it from just taking people's material. Yeah. So essentially you go, Oh, what's the harm of that? Uh, well the harm is, uh, he's the one getting the comedian the uncredited comedian is the one who is building his brand and he's the one getting you know the book deal in the brand sponsorship and he's not giving any of that money he gets from his book deals or brand sponsorship by uh stealing people's material he's not giving that money back to the comedians mm-hmm. yeah and then and his his stuff is pretty uh more or less a more or less cutting and pasting like it's literally whereas yeah. you know the other comedians you could say with Amy Schumer stuff you could go oh well you know that might who knows where this comes from or what have you but then no, he is literally cutting and pasting other people's stuff yeah exactly so it's like just laziness yeah yeah it's laziness then- but it's work it works for him well, it works, but yeah, again, he has no credit, and he was, you know, slammed, and everything went when his book came out like last year, uh, you know. And again, a guy who has no conscience of it, and is just raking in cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, there's like, yeah, it, I mean, there's been numerous comedians that have complained. Like suddenly, like friend will go, "Have you seen this Instagram post?" And it'd be like their joke. Yeah. Like no credit or right. anything. Yeah, no, this is uh, the you've uh, we'll put it in the we'll put it in the story, but the uh, the helpful article that you've sent me, let's put it in the story is <laughs> it's pretty much yeah, it's it's side by side comparisons of like yeah, here's the original joke, here's what the guy did, literally cut and paste. Yeah, and there, and then also a few years back, uh, there was a Twitter guy, uh, Sammy Rhodes. He was a pastor, a campus pastor in University of South Carolina. Um, again, huge Twitter following, uh, but suddenly it turned out his, his nickname became Borrowing Sammy. Oh no! Because he would just sense again, and this is like another level of it, where he would take like Patton Oswalt jokes and Maria Bamford jokes, you know, change one little element of it, and uh, you know, make it his own. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I could read one, like. That's uh, it, yeah. But uh, there's a blog that just kind of lists side by side. And again, I think with him, it's more just being a co- well, it's being a complete hack. Well, it's mm-hmm. being a thief and a complete hack because he would legitimize it by going, you know, comedians have formulas which they write their jokes, and I'm just taking the formulas that comedians use to write my jokes. Mm-hmm. But it's not really no because like comedians are the ones sort of connecting these dots. Uh, and kind of like, you know, much like a mathematician would create a formula with a conclusion, uh, you know, essentially a good joke is like that. And you're just taking the same math formula 
and coming to the exact same conclusion, you know. Uh, I, I and kind of just dressing it up a little bit. Right. I, I get some tweets from from borrowing Sam. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Um, so this is the original joke. I think I might take a job as Ray Davies' trainer, still working out the kinks. Right, so that's the original one. And then and who, and who, who did that? Who did uh, that? Alex Sulkin. Okay, yeah. Okay, and then here's Borrow and Sammy, and this is what he had to say. Uh, I'm still working out the kinks, a quote. The kinks personal trainer. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> uh, here, here's okay. Here's what I found. Um, I become a. This is a comedian named. Uh, and again, let's let's source the original source here. Uh, comedian whose Twitter handle is uh, D Brickashaw. His joke was: I became a master of dodging people from my past who I see at grocery stores. I turn into fucking Jason Bourne. And uh, borrowing Sammy's is I'm the Jason Bourne avoiding people I know in the grocery store. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh... And then he wrote another one. I'm the Jason Bourne avoiding people I know in Starbucks. Oh my god. I'm the Jason Bourne avoiding people on Facebook chat. Oh, I so, see it, dude. Again, it's, yeah. Yeah, but he gets you know see, the original poster gets like 13 retweets, whereas he gets yeah. like 598 on that. Exactly, exactly. Because you know, again, it's it's that's not a hard thing, uh, in it, uh, of, and that's why hacks are hacks, because they're not they don't have an original thought in their head. They see something that works, they go, "I'm just going to change a few elements of it," and then people will think it's my own. But uh, again, it's like the downfall of your big fat Jew and this guy borrowing Sammy is that it is on Twitter, it is on Facebook, and it's easily provenable. And once it's provenable, it goes viral. You know, you can't really hide. Like, if you were a comedian, you know, doing upper Michigan State, you know, one-nighters, and no one's going to see you. Yeah. No, I'd love, to, I'd love to see that upper Michigan State yeah. one-nighters. Yeah, so here's... I've, I've done those. I've done those. <laughs> How was it? I've done a strip club in upper Michigan. Oh, Peninsula. yeah? In the upper peninsula? Yeah. yeah? What happened? Yeah. That was awful. We okay. had to go on, like, right before the strippers for a bunch of hunters. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. <laughs> but I think, again, okay, I mean, just to kind of now just, like, move into our takeaway of this is that... Uh, uh, you can't really be that much of a joke thief anymore because, uh, you know, like we're saying about vaudeville is like, yeah, chances are you wouldn't see, you know, the two acts that are doing the same material. Yeah. Um, now, you know, where everyone pulls out their cameras in comedy clubs, you know, whether it's an open mic or whatever, you're going to get busted and you'll go on. You know, it, it's everyone's accessible. So if it's like someone's doing like a Louis C.K. joke at an open mic in Florida, um, that could immediately go to Louis C.K. Because all you have to do is just send it to him via Twitter, and yeah. it's known. So it's like you can no longer run and hide. Mm, no, everybody's out in the open now. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so no more stealing. No, they're stealing. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to do part two of the podcast then. Yeah, but it's just like, uh, I don't know, I read just somewhere, uh, comedians are less inclined to steal now because it'll ruin their careers because it's just, they'll be called out on social media. Mm -hmm. Good. All right. Well, that's, and that's... no one wants to be known as a joke. No, nobody wants to be borrowing Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, dude, um, so well, thank you very much for tuning in to
Comedy History 101. If you want to support the podcast, there's several ways you can do it. You can like us on uh, iTunes, uh, leave a comment, you can subscribe, you can actually give real physical money by uh, going to our our website, uh, rightclicksave.com, which is rtcksave.com. Uh, but yeah, and just tell your friends. Tell your friends. Scott, anything? I'll put it on the social like media. We got to do it on the social media, like the same social media that we would use to shame comedians who steal. You can, you yeah, can, yes. Share, share, <laughs> share, share the podcast. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks a lot for listening. I think our next episode, uh, just to give a little teaser, is going to be on comedy that crosses the line. Oh man, that's too edgy. The edgy comedy. The edgy, because lately in the news, there's been a lot of edgy comedy. I know, okay. We've, right. we've had Kathy Griffith being oh, edgy. No. It didn't work out for her. Yeah, you can't. So uh, that'll be our next episode, Comedy That Crosses the Line. Don't cut off the president's head. That's all I'm saying. That's right. I'm Harmon Leon, and this is Scott Polonico. Thank you very much. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. And we're out. You're so big. Everybody's so big. Comedy History 101.